Doctor Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli, and with me again, we have uh, our first returning guest host. Yay! Cassandra <laughs> Fredrickson. Hello! Hello! Uh, today on the show, we're going to be talking uh, about the, the fourth Doctor story, The Seeds of Doom. Uh, before we do that, I wanted to, I guess, make a real quick announcement. Um, you might have noticed this. Uh, maybe on the on the on, on the Twitter or the interwebs uh, that uh, this episode, or, or you might have just noticed that this episode came up in your podcast feed, um, but it's not located on the site at mindrobber.net. Well, the reason for that is that uh, as of this episode, um, the Doctor's Companion is no longer part of uh, Mind Robber Productions. Um, I went ahead and spun it off into its own website. Um, just because it felt weird because Mind Robber Productions is such a me and Matt thing. Uh, it felt weird to have a show that he has nothing to do with anymore on that website. So, um, our other Mind Robber Productions podcasts are continuing, but the Doctor's Companion has uh, now spun off to a new website, uh, called, uh, the Doctor's Companion dot US. Um, so that's where you're going to find uh, all of the posts for uh, Doctor Who podcast or the, the Doctor's Companion podcast in the future. And um, so you can go there if you want to comment on things and whatnot. But hopefully uh, everything went very smoothly and you guys uh, didn't even notice that it had changed until I just said that just now. <laughs> um, fingers crossed if I did my job correctly. That's how it should have happened. Um, I did it once before when we moved from geekshow.us to mindrobber.net, and now I'm doing it again for mindrobber.net to uh, thedoctorscompanion.us. So hopefully uh, everything was uh, smooth and awesome, and you guys are all like, what are you talking about? Um, that would be the best uh, of all worlds if that's what happened. Um, so there you go. So yeah, so uh, the Seeds of Doom is the thing we're talking about. And um, the Seeds of Doom, background and significance for Seeds of Doom, uh, not a whole lot, really. Um, the biggest thing, I suppose, being that uh, it was meant, um, the episode was meant to be, uh, it's, it's the season finale of season 14? 13. 13. Of, of, uh, of, of the show. And um, it was meant to be Hand of Fear, which was going to be a six-part story. It was commissioned and everything, and then they started getting scripts back, and Hinchcliffe and Holmes were both like, uh, yeah, no, this is not <laughs> going to work. This is not a six-part story. This is probably barely a four-part story, but uh, this is definitely not going to work. So they went to the, the head of drama at BBC and was like, hey, so uh, listen, uh, how do you feel about us cutting two episodes from this season? Um, you know, we'll save on budget. It'll be great. And the head of drama is just like, uh, no. They're like, okay, well, that's a problem. <laughs> uh, so they went to the writer to this episode, 
um, Robert Banks Stewart, who had previously wrote uh, Terror of the Zygons, uh, which was the season premiere of this season, and um, was like, hey, can you write another episode? And, and he pitched Seeds of Doom, and then he wrote it and wrote it really, really fast, and they produced it really, really quickly, and then Hand of Fear ended up moving to the following season. Um, which is uh, great because uh, Seeds of Doom, we have this story now, which is uh, fantastic. Um, this is also the last appearance of Unit until Battlefield, uh, which is a seventh Doctor story that we talked about uh, very early on in the show. I, If I'm not mistaken, it was actually the first seventh Doctor story we talked about on the show. I think that's um, right, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, so long time ago, but, uh, that was, that's, that's, this is the last time unit was on, um, until battlefield, uh, the humanoid version of the monster in this, the, the crinoid, that costume was actually, uh, just an axon costume from claws of axos, um, that they painted green, um, which looking at it totally makes sense. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. It's really funny. Absolutely. And then uh, this was this was this was also the final story from Robert Banks Stewart. Um, he would go on to consult in the following season, uh, and and then he ended his consultation with uh, Townsend and Chang. That was his last consultation story. And then finally, um, and and quite possibly the most important, which is um, it's kind of sad, but the original TARDIS prop that they had had on the show since 1963. So uh, so well over, what was it, 13 years? Um, they had this prop for 13 years, the original TARDIS prop. Uh, it collapsed at the end of the production on this episode, and it actually collapsed with Elizabeth Sladen in it. Um, and then, uh, incidentally, and, and <laughs> probably coincidentally, <laughs> she also quit. <laughs> um, this was also, the end of production on this season was when she said, hey, I want out. Um, of this TARDIS that just collapsed on me. Also, I want to quit. Um, and, uh, and they're like, okay, can you stay on for two more stories? And she's like, yes, I can do that. Let's wrap up my character. And then I want to go do movie things. Cause I'm getting all of these TV and movie offers. And, uh, I'm not allowed to say yes because I'm on the show. Um, and so, uh, and she'd been on for three seasons to be fair. So, yeah. um, so she, uh, she put in, she tenured her, her resignation at the end of this story. Um, which is also important, but uh, but seriously, that TARDIS prop, man. When uh, <laughs> when when I got to, when we got to the end of this uh, this story, that last shot with the TARDIS in the background, yeah, like, it made me real sad because I was looking at it and I was like, oh, that is the original. Look at it, it's so beat up. And, yeah. Oh, and it's yeah. And then they get out of it, and the whole thing shakes, and I was like, yeah, that thing was going down. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's it. That's uh, that's the background of significance. Do you well, have anything to add? Um, it's actually also the last Doctor Who story that Douglas Camfield directed, mm. and he has he had directed um, stories because I looked it up. I made a list of stories that he's done, and he's done some of the best Doctor Who stories ever. So he might be one of like the greatest Doctor Who directors. Um, he did the Time Meddler. He did the Crusade. Um, Dalek's Master Plan, Web of Fear, The Invasion, Inferno. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> he's Terror really of, good. <laughs> yeah, Terror of the Zygons and Seeds of Doom. So he's been around since the Hartnell era, and it's really sad to see him go because, like, watching this, some of the shots are so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, uh, what's, what's really great is I've seen most of those, so I, I actually appreciate him. 
Yeah. Um, seen and or heard, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I think the only one that I haven't seen is Web of Fear. I mean, he also uh, did the Dollar chase, plan, but. but no one talks about the chase because the chase is terrible. But oh. yeah, Poor that's more chase. of a script thing than a directorial thing. But right. So, uh, so Seeds of Doom, uh, let's, uh, we'll talk about it in just a second before we do. I want to remind you that, uh, we're sponsored by DCBService.com, which is the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic books and collectibles and discounts your local comic book shop. Just can't compete with. Use DCBS to place your orders two months in advance and get discounts of 40% off and special discounts all the way up to 50% off. So place an order as big or small as you like. And ship monthly, bi-weekly, or weekly with flat rate shipping for only six ninety-five every time an order goes out. And uh, thanks to DCBService.com. Stay tuned to DCBService.com because uh, very soon they're going to have a very special uh, sale just for this show, uh, just for for Doctor Who fans and TDC fans. Um, the the, uh, the Doctor Who license has um, been. It, it's it's done over at IDW, so they don't they don't have the Doctor Who license anymore. Uh, Titan Books actually purchased the Doctor Who license, and they've uh, they've started. They're going to start a brand new Doctor Who line um, of comic books. There's going to be a tenth Doctor ongoing series, and an eleventh Doctor ongoing series, and then very shortly a twelfth Doctor ongoing series. Um, I would assume once the uh, show actually starts up with him. Um, Sweet, that's cool. But uh, I believe the tenth and eleventh doctors launch in July, um, and uh, they have really good creative teams, like really, really solid creative teams uh, that I'm really excited about. Uh, and uh, they're going to be putting together a, a nice little uh, little two for package deal um, that you can uh, use to pre-order them um, when that, uh, when that pre-order comes up. So I'll, uh, I'll remind you guys here when that's coming up, because I think it's going to be something that you're going to want to do. Um, I believe, I can't remember which one he's writing. I think it's the 11th doctor one. Uh, but Al Ewing is writing it and he is like a Marvel comics guy and he's really good, right? Oh he's, yeah. Yeah. He's doing the Loki book. I think. Isn't that is him? He? Isn't that Al Ewing? Uh, I think I'm, so. Yeah, I think Al Ewing is doing the Loki uh, Agent, Agent of Asgard. Agent of Asgard, yeah. Yeah, he's he's writing that, and he's writing, I think, Mighty Avengers and one other thing that I'm not remembering off the top of my head. But um, he's uh, he's quite good. Um, he's, he's really good with character and stuff, and I'm really excited to see what he does with uh with the 11th doctor and and everything and and i'm excited to see what titan does with the with the license because um wasn't super impressed with what idw did with the license most of the time yeah um there's only a handful of things i really like prisoner uh, pr- uh prisoners of time was really really good um and uh the uh the the, the final doctor who issue they put out that was like a like a bound like annual um that uh paul cornell wrote was uh, spectacular yeah i need to read that yeah it's really good it's uh it's basically this is the pitch which uh, if you know anything about me uh you'll know why i loved it so much but the idea is basically that um the doctor shows up in a version of earth where uh doctor who is a tv show and matt smith is an actor oh that's so good yeah and he meets this little girl who is the biggest Doctor Who fan. Aww. And she, like, 
truly believes that the doctor exists and everyone thinks she's crazy and then she meets the doctor. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It's so, so good. Um, Paul Cornell, of course. Yeah, uh, Mother's I love Day Paul and, or, or I'm sorry, Father's, Father's Day. Day. Yeah, Father's Day and Human Nature, uh, Family of Blood two-parter. Um, really, really great writer and uh, really great Doctor Who writer. Was, oh, so good. So good. They um, need I to actually bring him back. Yeah, I actually think we're selling that annual thing um, on the site, on InStockTrades.com. Oh, there you go. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's in stock over there under the IDW stuff. Um, InStockTrades.com is where you can purchase any hardcover paperback graphic novel collection that's currently in print. A massive discounts of 25 to 45% off, and if that's not good enough for you, check back on Wednesdays for new release specials of 50% off every single week. And remember, all the orders over $50 get free shipping, so thanks to InStockTrades.com. Um, and uh, yeah, I, we do have that uh, in stock right now, that Doctor Who annual that Paul Cornell wrote. Um, so, uh, man, you need to... Yeah, I'm going to check that out. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, Okay, so Seeds of Doom. Let's talk about it. Um, Right off the bat, I just want to mention the fact that um, for me, and, you know, your your mileage may vary, Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, this is the, like, the capital T-H-E iconic Tom Baker doctor outfit period like when I think of Tom Baker this is what I think of is this one right um I think it's 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 awesome like I love the gray coat and you know and he's got you know he's got the layers and he's got I feel like the 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 scarf is a little thinner than it usually is um maybe I'm wrong but yeah it feels thinner to me. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because he's been wearing it for a whole season. Well, like, after um, season 14, um, they start using, like, the... I believe it's the prop scarf, which is way longer and thicker. Oh, and it's just okay. ridiculous and unwieldy. So, like, this is the actual, like, There's legit, the real scarf. Yeah. Yeah. This is where it's at. This is where it's at, you guys. Yeah. Um, I love this. I love this story. Uh, I think that it's. I think it's cool because it just. It just reminds me of Swamp Thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a, such a Swamp Thing story. Um, even the the main villain in this, Harrison Chase, he he reminds me of Anton Arcane. If you've ever seen the Swamp Thing movie, um, it's, I haven't. It's, oh, it's you. Uh, I, <laughs> I, the first Swamp Thing movie is. Um, it takes itself really seriously, and then the second one doesn't at all, and it is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, <laughs> it's so good. It's called The Return of Swamp Thing. Oh, my God. I mean, it, the, the poster says America's favorite superhero returns. Oh, my God. Oh, it's spectacular. It's 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 spectacular. Uh, nobody asked for a sequel to Swamp Thing, and yet <laughs> there it was. Um, yeah, so it just, it reminds me of Swamp Thing a little bit, and I think that Harrison Chase is a really great villain, um, because he's just, like, oh, he's just the best kind of Doctor Who villain, is that he's just, like, chewing on the scenery, and, like, just, like, oh, he's so over the top, he wears gloves all the time, oh, it's beautiful. My favorite scene in this is where he's, like, in his little plant greenhouse, and he's playing the The synth. green cathedral? Yeah, he's yes. playing the synth, 
And I'm like, oh. what is this? Like, Phantom of the Greenhouse? Like, what is going on? Oh, and, like, it's so great. He's like, oh, this is the Hymn of the Plants. I composed it myself. I'm like, what? <laughs> A, it sounds awful. And B, why is it all synths? Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's just, it's just fantastic. Um, okay, so we start in Antarctica, and um, these uh, these British uh, scientists in Antarctica they find this pod in the snow, and they bring it in, and they're looking at it, and they're like, "Well, this is super weird. We should probably tell somebody." So they tell their people back in England. And uh, the people that they tell in England, one of them goes and tells this guy, Harrison Chase, that they found this, like, mystery plant thing. And he's like, plants? I love plants. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yes, I know. Will you pay me a lot of money to steal this? And he's like, why, yes, I will. Uh, so, so he sends two of his guys to go steal this thing in the Antarctica thing. Meanwhile, the other, the other people at the, like, British home base – uh, they call up the doctor and the, and they're like, Hey doctor, can you go check on this thing? And the doctor's like, sure. And so like him and Sarah Jane go out to this Antarctica lab to go check on this thing. Meanwhile, somebody touched it when it opened and then this thing comes out and attacks them and turns them into a plant person. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's kind of a mess. It's very, the first two parts of this are very, um, they all take place in this Antarctic lab. Uh, with occasional like cutbacks to Harrison Chase, like being mustache twirly, um, and uh, and and so like it's kind of just like a run around on this base where this guy is turning into a monster and attacking the base and attacking the people in the base, um, and it's very uh, reminiscent of the Ark in Space actually. Um, the first two parts of this, I feel yeah. like, uh, especially like the way that the guy looks when he's like covered in the plants and everything. Yeah, that's true. At least it's not like green styrofoam or not right. styrofoam, but like bubble wrap. Oh, but that's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> this, um, like the, this, these two parts actually remind me a lot of like the thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. Which um, is terrifying for me because the movie, <laughs> uh, I cannot finish that movie because I am literally like just yeah. thinking about it just freaks me out so much. Yeah. Um, the only thing missing is the, uh, which one of us is the bad guy thing. Yeah. That's the only thing that's missing. The paranoia, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's the first two part of the parts of this are really great. And I was just watching this thinking, I was like, I was like, this is what this story is. I never knew it took place in Antarctica. And then, you know, <laughs> at, like halfway through episode three or like at the end of episode two, they just blow up the base in Antarctica to get yeah. rid of this thing. And then, uh, and, and then the guy like steals the second spore that they find, um, because apparently they just travel in pairs, which is uh, convenient. So convenient. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and so they blow up the base and then the doctor and Sarah Jane like get rescued and they go back to England, um, to go find out what happened to this, this spore thing, this pod, um, Harrison Chase has it. They go visit Harrison Chase, and Harrison Chase is like, "Oh, plants! I love plants. Plants are going to take over the world, and I'm going to be their peasant. And I love that. And you are all <laughs> parasites, and I hate human beings." And they're like, "Well, eh, you could be weirder, I guess." Um, and they just sort of shrug him off. Um, and, uh, and, and, but then he's like, he kidnaps Sarah Jane and he's like, oh, we're going to see what happens when this thing touches a human. And then the doctor, which that's like the cliffhanger to episode three. And the doctor just smashes through the, 
it just drops through the like this glass ceiling, just drops in, like kicks ass, and then like steals a gun and is just like, "We're getting out of here," and then he leaves. And I was like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> like, no, because part three is where he quote breaks that guy's neck, but totally oh, right. doesn't. Yeah. And he's like, come along, Sarah. Like, it's the most nonchalant thing ever to just snap this guy's neck. Yeah. But really, he was just knocking them unconscious. It's like a Time Lord pinch, I guess. I don't, I don't like know. Like the Vulcan There pinch. is an audible snap. I'm just like, okay, he should be dead. That's uh, that's the sound it makes when you pass out. That's the <laughs> noise. Also, why do these security guards have semi-automatic weapons? That's what I want to know. <laughs> What are he they does, doing? He doesn't mess around, uh, Harrison Chase. Apparently not. He He's like a super eccentric millionaire version of Poison Ivy. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, and then he has uh, this uh, little left hand, like he's like right hand man or whatever, Scorby, um, who looks like a poor man's master. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and and he uh, he ends up like finding running into the doctor and the doctor's like hey you know your boss is like really super evil right and he's like well he pays really good and he's like yeah but come on you think he's gonna let you survive and he's like yeah i guess so then they kind of like tentatively team up um for the remainder of the story yeah and uh and eventually the lab guy um uh i forget his name we it starts with a w um we keeler we, Oh, is it Keeler? Is that his yeah, name? The yeah. scientist No, guy? the the one in the base who Winlet. Winlet is, is the W yeah, guy. Yeah, is he's the W guy and the, oh. the one is Keeler. Okay, yeah. So Keeler is the one that ends up getting uh touched by the by the spore thing and turns into the next um crinoid monster mm-hmm. um the crinoids end up being like these plant life that basically they land on a planet and uh and by land on a planet, it means they come from a planet that just, like, shoots spores into space and then land on random planets. Um, that's the explanation. And uh, so so they just take over a planet, essentially. They turn it all into plant life, and they're just like, okay, cool. And then they just hang out, I guess. I don't know. They turn it into another crinoid planet, and then I guess they shoot more spores, and they travel through the galaxy like that, I suppose, um, <laughs> conquering the universe. Um, so, uh, they figure out that it runs on protein, um, and that's what makes, uh, the crinoid, uh, DNA or whatever take over a human host. So they just start feeding him all this meat, um, and, uh, and then he starts growing, and he turns into, like, a giant thing, and starts eating people, and grows bigger and bigger, until he's, like, this massive, like, skyscraper-sized monster that's attacking this mansion, um, Harrison Chase's mansion just like overruns the mansion so they can't leave the mansion because there's all these living plants everywhere. And uh, and and uh, Harrison Chase is just like, yeah, this is really cool. I can't wait to see what happens next. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, really, that's all he does. It's so great. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and and uh, yeah. So 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 then uh, they're like they're they're bunkered down. Um, uh, the bunch of them are bunkered down into in this mansion. Um, Sarah Jane, the doctor, and Scorby. And uh, Scorby, like, freaks out. Well, first, there's this other guy also. There's, like, this um, soldier guy. And the soldier guy is like, hey, I'm going to go check stuff out. And he goes. And Harrison Chase, like, hits him over the head and then throws him in, like, a meat grinder thing that, like, 
shoots the meat out into the plants like fertilizer so that yeah. it makes the thing grow bigger. That's um, so messed up. I love the compost thing. Like <laughs> super messed up. Um, and so then he just like he just starts sneaking around and like picking people off and like throwing them in the meat chipper. <laughs> Um, the meat and chipper. <laughs> the meat chipper. Um, <laughs> it's what it is. The meat yep. chipper. Um, and uh, and he eventually gets Sarah Jane, and then um, and this is this is after uh, Scorby freaks out and just runs out into the plant life, and then gets uh, gets the falls into a pond, and the plants in the pond like drown him, um, which is uh, really funny. Um, and then, and then, uh, Sarah Jane's like, I'm going to go check on that soldier guy. And the doctor's like, oh yeah, good idea. And then, uh, and then she gets thrown into the, to the meat chipper. And then the doctor comes and saves her at the last minute and, and accidentally like gets Harrison Chase into the meat chipper. And then rather than being saved, like the, by the doctor, the doctor's trying to save him. Like he's just pulling the doctor in. So then he, yeah. the doctor finally has to let him go and he goes into the meat chipper too. Um, and then, uh, and then the, the unit, they show up and they shoot lasers at the monster and it doesn't really do anything other than distract it. Um, and then the doctor's just like, yeah, you should probably just blow the whole place up. We'll get out of here. And they're like, uh, all right, okay. All right. (laughs) Um, so, uh, so the doctor and Sarah Jane, they get out the last minute and they blow the whole place up to smithereens. And, uh, and then, uh, and then... (laughs) Doctor's like, hey, let's go on a vacation. She's like, great. And then they go in the TARDIS, and then they come out, and they're back in Antarctica, and then they make some sort of lame joke and laugh, and then that's it. <laughs> that's the end. Yeah, no, that ending is super weird. I oh, totally it's... forgot it ended that way, and I was like, what? What are <laughs> they doing? It's super lame. <laughs> it's like, oh. like I wanted it to just end with like a da 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 da. They're like jumping like in the frame. air and in yeah. freeze frames. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they land in Antarctica and she's in a bathing suit and she doesn't immediately pass out from like. She whatever. does start. At least she starts chattering. Yeah, at least there's no, that. it's so funny. I'm like, get back in the TARDIS. What are you doing? <laughs> um. So yeah, the doctor with the gun. That's weird. Um, it's very actiony this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, was he this actiony in Terror of the Zygons? I don't remember. Um, I haven't seen Terror of the Zygons in a while, so I don't really remember, but potentially like the doctor is super actiony like well not super actiony but like more than the usual amount of action in this whole um like three season robert holmes and philip hinchcliffe era yeah i mean which i like he's no john pertwee but no no he's not like karate chopping the plants into submission or anything but like (laughs) which i would pay to see I would love that so much. Speaking of John Pertwee, do you know how badly I wanted that woman to be Pertwee in drag? Like, oh my god, yes, so bad. There's just some random old woman that shows up in a couple of episodes. In the I middle. love her. I love her so much. She's love, great, like, but she's just so random. What is she the, a painter? Like, right? Yeah, she's, she's a, an artist, and yeah. like, she's the one who like gets sent in by the whatever bureau of like ecology or whatever to spy on what's going on in the house and stuff yeah and it's so funny i love <laughs> i love like the scene in the sitting room where harrison chase is like talking to her i love rich people banter so much <laughs> it's so good i'm just like oh to have money and just talk about paintings and write like a hundred like how much do he pays her like a thousand pounds for a painting of a dumb flower i'm like yeah. geez i, I seriously be that guy I just wanted her to pull her wig off and be John Pertwee. 
was so bad. I love that she just chain smokes the entire time too. Yeah, yeah. Like that doesn't ruin your paintings or anything. Oh no, no. <laughs> Oh, it's great. And like and then I think my favorite part and like this is this is just not literally my favorite part, but just like that thing where you're just like it just like hits you hits you in your in your in your in your little fan heart where you're just like, "Oh yeah, this is why I love this show so much." Yeah. There's a part in this where uh I think it's in episode 5. It's the one where uh it's it's the it's right after the cliffhanger where um, the doctor and, uh, like, the first time that the monster starts to grow, like, it eats that one dude, and then the doctor and Sarah Jane find it in, like, the forest at night. And, yeah. Uh, and then it's, like, grown really big. And then the guys show up behind him. Like, that's the cliffhanger. And then the guys show up behind him, and they're like, oh, shoot it. And they start shooting their guns. And the gunfire affects the video cameras. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> Like the video cameras, like do they they actually get like static on them when the gunfire is going off? I noticed that, and it's because he shot he he didn't use film when he was shooting the outdoor stuff. Right, it was like outdoor broadcast something. Right, and like it totally like I love that the loud noises and flashing lights because it happens with the explosion too at the end. Oh, did it really? Yeah. Oh man, oh, it's so glorious. good. It's glorious. I'm like, oh, this show is so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Um, yeah, no, I this is this story is so good. It's so good. It goes down like butter. Oh yeah, no, I I remembered like. Also, I didn't remember that it talked. Like the plant can magically talk. Mm. And I was like, what? Well, oh, there's it a talks. person in there somewhere. Yeah, it's so. It's, <laughs> I like when it's still like, like um. It, it's like the size of a small tree when like it attacks them mm-hmm. at the end of part four, and you can see the little feet in the costume like shuffling along on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you talk about how the plants come to life and like strangle people? Yeah, that's yeah, totally a thing that happens. Yeah, because like, that one, the uh, what's his name uh, got the yeah Scorpy, yeah yeah Scorby. He no, I love that it plants. just has like telekinetic plant powers. Like yeah. go forth, my children, <laughs> reclaim what is ours. Like what? Oh, and then Harrison Chase is just like, yeah, that would be cool. Oh, I'm going to watch God. it. He At one point, he's just taking pictures. <laughs> he's just walking around taking photos. He's just like, you guys, isn't this great? He's you such see a good thing? villain. He just snaps, and he's so crazy. I love it when oh. Doctor Who does crazy, because they do it so well oh most of the God. time. Uh, this guy is so good. I love him, Harrison Chase. He reminds me of um, oh, the guy from the invasion. Um, I don't oh, remember. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. He's like that specific type of Doctor Who villain who's kind of like in the upper echelons, and he feels like he can't really be touched, and he's just all like wearing his gloves and wahahaha, like behind mm-hmm. the scenes and stuff. So good. That's the best. Super sad that he was only in one Doctor Who story, though. Yeah. Um, apparently he was in, uh, the Italian job, like the original Italian job. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Apparently he's in that. He's um, really good. Yeah. He only died four years after this. Oh my God. Yeah. He died in 1980. Weird. That's sad. He doesn't even look that old. No, he doesn't. Oh, he's super cool. Anyway. <laughs> Turns people into compost. Apparently. Yeah. God, that's so dark. <laughs> 
That's what they do in the world's end. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh. Spoilers. Eh, no, I just, haven't. They just mention it. They don't actually oh, show it happening. Oh, okay. No, I haven't seen that yet because I've been busy, but... Um, Slacker. I know. Uh, yeah, Mister, this... I've seen it like 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's more than 12. Oh, my uh, God. Um. Anyway, Seeds of Doom. Uh, so so good. Uh, everything about it is awesome. Um, oh God, I love Sarah Jane so much. She's so I miss her. I do. Every time I watch a Doctor Who serial with Elizabeth Sladen, I'm like, oh man, she died a couple of years ago. That's so sad. Uh, her and the Brigadier both. <sighs> Which that's the only thing this story's missing is the Brigadier. Really, yeah. I don't really, because Unit doesn't really do much. They just shoot lasers and blow it up, but, like... Yeah. Eh. God, but I would have loved, like... You know you know what we needed in, in Classic Who before it was all over? We hmm. needed the Brigadier to get in a sword fight with someone. Yes. And, seriously, the Brigadier versus Harrison Chase? Mm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Like, like he tries to put the brigadier in the compost thing. Oh and, my goodness! And then they just like they just have out have it out. Like he just like room. starts punching him. Oh, that's that'd be so good. <laughs> Why? Oh man! I know no, that they I were love... trying to they were trying to like separate themselves from like that. Yeah. Era, but and that's why he's not here. But man, it's only which is understandable. Things. But sure, yeah. God, I want that now. But now we don't have uh, Brigadier Harris and Chase Fisticuffs. I'm so mad at you now. <laughs> Why would you say that? Because it's amazing. Ah, uh, to the internet. I'm going to write like a fan fiction of it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, um, no, I think this is like, I can't think of a six-part story that goes down easier than this one, honestly. Yeah, no, I really like the way this um, story is structured. Because mm-hmm. it feels like a two-parter and then a four-parter, mm-hmm. um, which is really good. They try to do that again with Invasion of Time, but Invasion of Time is just terrible. <laughs> uh, I watched that. Oh, God. You remember. Um, <laughs> I, I loved it for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, no. Chair. Um, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> the, the TARDIS that's just, just an old warehouse out in the oh, middle of nowhere. Yeah. No, I I also like the um like the uh obligatory like um they run around a quarry for a little bit mm-hmm. in this. It's got oh, it's got everything that I everything that I want out of a Tom Baker story mm-hmm. cuz like the first shot of the doctor is him playing with a yo-yo and that's so good. And then just randomly has a toothbrush. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I I anyway, like back to the structure cuz like I don't know if you noticed but like it's also instead of um in um, addition to, like, the two-parter and then the four-parter, like, the first two parts, like, they're on the base, and then mm-hmm. the next two parts, they're dealing with the pod, and then the next two parts, they're dealing with the crinoid, so it's also split up like that. Yeah. And I like that. Because, like, it, like, jumps around and nothing feels stale and everything mm-hmm. just keeps, like... I mean, there is some filler, because, like, you know, like, oh, the compost machine, and people keep getting kidnapped and stuff, but it's it's really... It's not as noticeable as it normally is in a six-parter, yeah. Um, which is really good. Oh yeah, definitely. I love it when it's structured like that. 
Um, yeah. There's a few other stories that do that play around with that structure, and it's 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 so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, drives me nuts. But then you know you have stories that are like ten parts that are amazing, and <laughs> I don't know how they do that. I don't know either. I wish uh. that I knew. <laughs> Tell me your secrets. Oh, war games. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> have you guys done... You guys have done that one Yeah, already. we have. Long time ago. <sighs> yeah. Angry. Yeah, it's the good stuff. The good have stuff. you Have you seen Hand of Fear? No, I, I own it. There's a, I have a bunch of, of Doctor Who episodes that I own that I haven't watched yet. Yeah. Like, I bought the entire uh, Hinchcliffe Holmes era, so, like, I have every story oh, from sweet. that era. Yeah. Because um, I was like, if I'm going to have a run, it's going to be that one. Yeah. Um, so I have that whole era. Uh, and then I have, like, uh, but there's, like, a bunch in there that I'm I'm saving for when we cover them on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, no, because, like, the thing about Hand of Fear being six parts, there's no way, I, like, I can imagine that story being six parts. Well, neither could Hinchcliffe and Holmes. Oh, God. No, it's... <sighs> It's really good up to a point, and then you're like, what? And then Sarah Jane leaves, and then you're like, no, I'm really sad. <laughs> but, I mean, it's um, Bob Baker and that other guy. Yeah. So, I mean, Underworld. Have you seen Underworld yet? Uh, no. Oh, good God. Yeah, that means that's coming up. Oh, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it got bumped at some point. Uh, like switched with something. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but no, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, Tom Baker. I, I don't know. How much Tom Baker have you oh, seen? Maybe I already have seen Underworld. Well, if you're blocking it from your memory, it's understandable. Because it's not on the list anymore. There you go. Yeah, maybe we already did cover it. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm gonna do a Google search now. This is really interesting for everyone. Um, Yay. but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like to me and people will disagree. Cause I know a lot of people like the goofy Tom Baker, like in the latter half of his tenure as the doctor. But for me, like season 12, 13 and 14 are like seminal Tom Baker. Like so yeah. good. He's oh, on yeah. point like in every scene in this. And Oh like, yeah. That's 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 it. I mean, that's the run right there. Yeah. That's, that's there's no run on Doctor Who that touches that run yet. Nothing. Yeah. No, Nothing it's touches uh, it. it's, and it's perfection. Thinking about like the other stories in this season too, like all of them, well, except Android Invasion, but <laughs> like <laughs> The rest of them are so good. Yeah. Like Pyramids of Mars and Brain of Morbius. Yeah. Ugh. So good. Yeah, that's the only thing that gets me, um, you know, uh, tentatively excited about the upcoming uh, series of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, Moffat and, and I forget who's producing the show now because it's like the fourth person. Um, but uh, yeah. wh- whoever's the new producer on the show, they've they've said that they're modeling it after the Hinchcliffe Holmes era. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. Oh, so I'm yes. just like, oh my dear God. <laughs> I hope. See, I hope they like do it right, and it's not just like reference after reference. That's just so insular and stupid. That right. Uh, yeah. 
I'm excited, but I'm also wary because Moffat. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. But I mean, you know. But then there's you know there's that whole rumor where uh, where uh, uh, the new Doctor, you know, he uh, uh, Peter Capaldi, he's just uh, an interim Doctor, um, which would actually make sense as far as uh, why they would be. Uh, using the Hinchcliffe Holmes era as uh, inspiration because if he's an interim doctor they probably wouldn't want to do anything like major archy during his tenure is he um, an interim doctor I haven't heard this yeah I've heard a rumor that he's an interim doctor he's just meant to be the doctor to like close out like for this out, season yeah for this season to close out Moffat's run because Moffat well, that's has, too bad because Moffat has chosen his new showrunner like his successor mm-hmm. um, but he was not available for series 8 um, huh. Because he has another show, and uh, but it's a mini series, so when he's done with it, uh, oh. he's going to take over the show. Um, but uh, and and so and so and the BBC was just like, well, we don't want to cancel the show. He's like, well, I don't want to have another successor. So then um, they did this, which would make it makes sense for a lot of reasons. Like one, because I I'd imagine BBC they don't have a lot of faith in a fifty-five-year-old doctor. I can't imagine that being true. Um, yeah. From like a just from like a popularity standpoint and everything, it seems like a pretty wild experiment for the modern Who. Yeah. Um. So I could imagine them if they were just like okay, but only for a season. Like that makes sense to me. I don't know. Then then I buy it. Then I buy them mm. putting their stepping their toe in the water because they can always take it back. You know. Right. Um. But uh, yeah, from what I what what I'm hearing is that he was hired on as an interim doctor. Whether or not he will be an interim doctor is going to be completely dependent on Capaldi and on the incoming showrunner. Right. Yeah. I hope that he stays because it's going to be like another Eccleston, where he's going to be like not very popular, quote unquote, and then everyone's going to be like, "Oh, he's a genius." Yeah. And then he's never going to come back. But at the same time, it's like. There's something kind of special and great about Eccleston, and 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 Eccleston's never going to come back ever, ever, ever. But right. Eccleston was not a Doctor Who fan. He couldn't have cared less about the material or anything. He just did it as a favor, pretty much, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and then hated it and was like, "Yeah, I'm not doing this after this." Um, whereas Capaldi is like a massive Doctor Who fan, and he's sort of just doing it as a lark, like because, like, well, I mean why wouldn't I just do this? I love this character. So I could see him coming back. Um, yeah. Whereas Eccleston will never, ever happen. Um, but so that's the difference. And, and I do like the single season with Eccleston, like as much as I would love more with him, mm-hmm. it does make his, his tenure really, really special. Yeah, um, I agree. And he still has more stories than Sylvester McCoy and, and Colin Baker. Isn't that sad? Yeah. <laughs> um so i you know i don't know it's just it's something i've heard like take it with a grain of salt everybody but um Mm -hmm. it's it's a rumor i've heard and like all of the pieces make sense in my brain um so i just thought i'd i don't know i'd bring it up yeah Um, seemed to come up but uh the person who's uh the showrunner i'll tell you off off uh off off mic but um okay yeah no because i'm really interested yeah um but uh it's not who you would think it would be uh but it's who you would really hope it would be um so uh anyway all right (laughs) yeah 
Um, so anyway, so that's uh, that's that's the show this week. Uh, yeah, um, Cassandra, I think you're going to be back in a few weeks. Um, I think one, two. We're going to do three episodes, and then you're back on the fourth. So about a month from now. Okay. Um, to cover the moon base, which is the second Doctor story. Uh, and, and Neil Gaiman's favorite Doctor Who story of all time. All right, maybe because I personally don't care for the Moon Base, mm-hmm. but I also haven't seen it in a few years, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested in it just to see what he might have seen in it because mm-hmm. um, I've I've heard him quote the Moon Base constantly as his his favorite Doctor Who story. Um, so I'm interested. I'm definitely interested. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, it just came out on DVD finally. Um, oh, is, that's true. Yeah. So I think, I think, is that the one with the animated episodes? I believe so. Um, cause the moon base is only like four, I think. And is any of them missing? Um, let me check. Um, I think that one got animated. I think that's why it just came out recently. Yeah, episodes one and three are missing. Okay, so those are animated then. Yeah. Um, on the DVD, so that's exciting. Um, yeah, but uh, in the meantime, um, before your next uh, spot, uh, next week we're going to be talking uh, the uh, Space Museum, First Doctor Story, with <laughs> with uh, Michael Gorman, um, who is a very good friend of mine, who just got cast in a pilot. Amazing. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Just got. He like he's lived in New York like his whole life, and then he just moved to L.A. like what two months ago and got cast in a pilot. Amazing. Um, I've been a huge fan of his for a long time, and and we've been we've been friends for a while. So I'm I'm so happy for him. Well, congratulations um, to him. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so I'm excited to have him on the show next week to talk about the Space Museum. Uh, Mike, th- the funny thing about Mike, uh, Mike refuses to watch. Uh, Doctor Who out of order. So the reason he's doing the first Doctor is because that's all he's gotten through. Oh, goodness. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So he has no idea anything that comes after first Doctor. So I thought that was really interesting. I was like, well, that'll be an interesting conversation to have. I'm interested to see what you think about the Space Museum. Well, from what I've heard, it has an amazing first part, and then it goes downhill really fast. Yeah. Um, that's that's what I've heard. So uh, after that, um, we're going to be covering Inferno, which is a third Doctor <gasps> story uh, with Kyle Anderson from Nerdist.com. Um, Kyle Anderson is a massive third Doctor fan, and uh, I gave him a handful of episodes to choose from, and that's the one that he chose because, of course, he did. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Inferno. Um but uh, yeah, so he'll be on the week after that, and then on the other side of Kyle is Nick Jimenez back in the chair, uh, talking about Unicorn and the Wasp. Um, so uh, cool. good stuff there. Uh, if you have thoughts you want to share, find the post of this episode on the on the Doctor's Companion US and leave a comment. Send us an email tdcpodcast at gmail dot com. If uh, if uh, you want to check out my other podcast on mindrobber.net, go do that. Uh, I have the Mind Robbers, which is a flagship podcast uh, where uh, myself and my co-host Matt, we, uh, we talk about all the things that we've been watching and, and, and doing and generally uh, the entertainment we've been consuming. And we talk about it and we break it down. And um, we really just kind of look at entertainment from a writer's perspective. Uh, we also have the Mind Robbers Versus, which is our podcast that comes out uh, two times a week. 
Um, they usually run about a half hour, and we cover a couple of episodes of a TV show um, every every week. Uh, in the first season of the Mind Rubbers versus with the DC Animated Universe, where we covered uh, Batman the Animated Series, uh, Superman the Animated Series, uh, Batman Beyond, Justice League, and Justice League Unlimited. And then we moved on to Veronica Mars in season two and uh, season three, which begins in May, is the Joss Whedon Quadfecta with uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Firefly and Dollhouse. Um, so that starts up in May. So if you're a fan of those things or have been looking for an excuse to watch them, go check out the Mind Robbers Verses on my at mindrobber.net. Uh, if you're on Twitter, follow at TDC Podcast so you'll know the second a new episode hits. Or follow uh, our personal accounts. I'm at Scott Corelli and Cassandra is at Dark Hearted Rose. Uh, and if you like the show, do us a favor. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes because that helps us out. Most importantly, be our street team. Get out there and tell uh, people we exist. Get on Facebook. Get on Twitter. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Anyone who you think might like this show, let them know that uh, we exist and that they should be listening. Uh, so thank you again, Cassandra. And Thank you. Uh, it was fun. We'll talk to you in about a, about a month with uh, the moon base. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, next week, uh, we'll be here with Michael Gorman talking about William Hartnell in the space. Bye.